Welcome back in listeners to a fabulous episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by a wonderful guest, the playwright and actress, Katie Copeland, whose new work, Meet You Downstairs, is having its world premiere at the Fresh Fruit Festival. It's going up later this month, and her show is being played April 24th at 8 p.m., April 26th at 8.30 p.m. and April 30th at 1 p.m. You can get your ticket to more information about this show by visiting freshfruitfestival.com. But first, to kick things off, let's go ahead and welcome in the playwright of Meet You Downstairs, Katie Copeland. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm so excited to hear more about this wonderful show. I'm a huge fan of the Fresh Fruit Festival. We had previously last year a guest for another playwright from this festival. And that's how we learned about it. They do great work. It's wonderful for local artists, for great indie artists. And it focuses a lot on, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's LGBTQ artists mm-hmm. and shows, correct? Yeah, yeah. LGBTQ, like they say, like the hub for arts and culture, which I really love a lot. <laughs> these are the stories that are important now more than ever, especially. We need to make sure these voices are heard. So why don't we kick things off first by having you tell us a little bit about your show, Meet You Downstairs. Okay, so it is... My first show that I've written, I'm a performer first, but I was inspired to write. You know what's kind of funny is like, I say it's my first one, but weirdly enough, one of my friends was like, Katie, you always wrote your own monologues in class. You remember this, right? And I was like, oh, you're, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. I So I did that a lot growing up because I didn't, it was it was hard for me to kind of find like they were because they were always like we want to see you in the room we want to see exactly who you are nothing more nothing less and so I was like well so I just kind of wrote monologues that were about my own experience and I actually have a lot of them but then this is the first real show that I've ever kind of sat down and wrote and it's about it's semi-autobiographical I mean they're very clearly based on experiences that I have had and very clearly thematically based on my coming out as a queer person in over the course it it takes place over the course of like 10 years so we start when I was in college and we take it through in my early 20s and my late 20s we end kind of in a futuristic version of my 35 year old self which has not happened yet but it spans over a long time and all of which are very weighted, very important moments that have happened and or haven't happened yet. (laughs) That sounds amazing. What a wonderful story to be telling. Now, it's a personal story, but I'm still going to ask, how did you come up with the idea of putting this whole show together like that? The idea of kind of a bare bones, black box style theatrical experience, which is kind of my love like I'm I really enjoy big budget and you know proscenium style theater as much as anyone else like I'm a theater kid at heart and I get giddy when I go but really some of the formative experiences that I had as a performer and as an audience member happened in smaller 
intimate spaces. And so I wanted to write something surrounding that. I wanted to write something that took place in one space. I know that within TV and film, they call them, I think, bottle episodes where there's not a change in, not a massive time change or a massive location change. And it just all happens in real time, in real space. And that's always really appealed to me. So I was like, how could I tell, you know, specific moments in my life that are very not involved with each other at all? They're very, they're all about different relationships, maybe involved in tiny little bit ways, but very much different in different parts of my life. How could we kind of streamline this to tell one story? And so I always get very intense heart to hearts kind of happening outside of parties or outside of events or outside of weddings or outside of the big event that's happening. I feel like we're always more interested in the conversations that happen elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like what's going on here? What's going on? So I started thinking about that and, you know, love, love to live my fantasy as a New York socialite as much as the next person. So I do tend to go out or at least I did whenever I was in my twenties and thirties or whatever, or in my late, uh, in my twenties. So now it's like, okay, what if we what if we took one space, let's say it's outside, let's say it's on a stoop or a staircase of some kind, and how can we put those stories in that same space? And we don't have a big budget for this. And so when, if and when it ever gets that, you know, there will be like a huge staircase Hamilton style that will like spin around and like change in time and space. Mind you, we have a, it's a smaller theater and not as big of a budget to do that. So that won't happen for this time round. But that was the idea that I had originally. And so, yeah, it's all the same space, but it's all wildly different at the same time. I so, love I guess. it's it's interesting we were it's wild because I it truly started as a therapeutic experience like I'd be lying if and it truly started of just me like seeing inspirations of mine that I've had in the industry of people this like new wave of people writing their own work starring in their own work producing their own work it's on HBO it's on it's on Hulu it's on you know Amazon Prime and I was like I want to do that I truly want to do that and I and I like, how do I do that? And so she was like, you just have to start writing something. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't, if you've never written a play, just start. You've studied script, you've studied theater. You know how it works for the most part. You know what I mean? There's an innate like drive as to, you know, how script works. You did script analysis and things like that. So just start writing and don't worry about the fact that it might not mean everything you want it to mean you know what I mean like those things will happen in workshop you just have to start writing what happened just get it out there so I was constantly in my head constantly of it being you know I wanted it to be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the world it's like that that's impossible to do when your first time around so just start doing stop thinking and start doing and so my therapist was kind of like the the moments in your life that you're kind of going back to the ones that don't really make a lot of sense the ones that you are like, they're having a hard time letting go of. And this was a kind of a collaborative exchange that we had. She's like, write about those. It might help you come get to the bottom of what's plaguing you. And at the very end of the day, that's all that really needs to be. And then I continued to write and it was like a genuine joy, a genuine high that I had never experienced before. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then obviously like once you get that bug and you start kind of writing, 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 it starts as a fact, it starts in reality. And then it 
weaves itself into its own fictional fictional story as it were so but as we were sitting yesterday we sat down for our table read we got into our first rehearsal on our feet today and it was just like this is electric like this is really cool so what regardless of if it reads to other people and I genuinely think that it will it still feels that that feeling alone is is pretty um want to hold on to that for a long time (laughs) I love all that yeah with it being such a personal story, but also I think an important and a timely story, what is the message or thought you're hoping that audiences will take away from the show? Mm, what's the theme, you know? <laughs> so it is a queer story. It is an LGBTQ festival for sure. And it is very specific moments in my life that I have been, the question is of like, what are you? How do you identify in your sexual orientation which shouldn't really be a question I think we're getting better at it shouldn't really be a question that's anyone's business aside from your own but it 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 it, a lot of people have a lot of problems with who you're having sex with which is insane like you should be allowed to have sex with whoever you want to have sex with or love if you don't like to have sex or love whoever you want to love or not you know and that can also change and I feel like the problem not the problem but what I thought was a problem when I was younger was that who I liked was always changing it was always kind of like I like this person or this gender or this other person with other different sexual you know what I mean sexual orientations and it was constantly rapid fire like doesn't mean to say that I liked every single person who liked me but it wasn't linear and so it is a story that is that's celebrating queer youth and a young adult, but it's also, I think, and my director, who's also one of my greatest friends and best friends, was telling me, he was like, it really needs to be universal. And, re- and I really want it to be a queer story that's not just for queer people. It's a queer story written by a queer person, told by queer people, but also is for everybody. And I think that's the beauty of theater. Really good theater is the things that can, that you don't think can talk to you because that's not who you are, but it's still the same, the same common themes. Like we still deal with, we're still human beings. We still deal with the same stuff. We still deal with love and heartbreak and manipulation and gaslighting and, and all that stuff. And we are, we're culprits of it as well as victims to it. And I think, what I want to get out of this show is that like, there's no, you know, Shakespeare would hate me, but there's no villain and there's no hero because we're all the villain and we're all the hero of our own stories because we're just constantly making mistakes and trying to be one or the other. You know, I also, I just want people to take out, take out of it that queer stories don't have to be so painfully dark and painfully like, which, you know, they can be, but, but they also have other life and they have other universal truths to it i think it's funny i wrote it so maybe it's not but <laughs> i think it's funny i think it's light it's a drama but it's also a comedy and it's real but it's also a memory play and it kind of has a lot of like different like elements to it i'm also a, a choreographer and a dancer so i'm really interested in kind of melding this manipulation of space using a completely blank space and how we can you know, be creative with the fact that we don't have our staircase, but we can make it so you know exactly where we are in time and space using just our bodies and a blank space on, you know. Okay. And then also, like, I guess, like, to kind of tail end the question as well about, like, what I want, like, what the, the show is about, like, 
it's a lot of me, the story of my character fumbling through this. It's all about me learning and fucking it up and trying to do it again and fucking it up more and struggle. And like, it goes through, it's a lot about just humanity. It's a lot about dirty secrets that I just am needed to get off my chest. You know what I mean? And other people as well. It's a lot about not feeling that you have to, that you can be, you know, releasing of demons, releasing of secrets, releasing of skeletons that you may hold. It's a, it's kind of like a confession in that way, a queer confession. So there are, and the flips, like there are these really beautiful, tender moments of like, what a, what a lovely world this could be. You know what I mean? But then there's also moments of like, we really don't want that though. (laughs) So I, I feel like it jumps very quickly back and forth um, between the kind of positive outlook and like the, the, the not so positive outlook as well. Well, my final question for the first part of this interview is who do you hope have access to your show? I want my mom to come, (laughs) Uh, which she is. And so she has access to it, but I guess like I want the people that I know and the people that I love to be able to see it. I also want people that I have never met, you know what I mean? To come and enjoy it. I want queer youth to come out I want maybe heteronormative people which is not a bad thing I don't mean to say that in a bad way at all it's just not my direct route I would love for people who don't experience these kinds of things or don't don't have even like a you know it's not close to proximity to their life to come see it because I think that the accessibility should be for should be for everybody and I don't know. I hope that people that don't always come to the theater can can come out and see. want to keep going and 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 just change lanes a little and let our okay. audience get to know you a little bit more on a personal level and i want to start by asking you what inspires you what shows playwrights composers inspire you or are some of your favorites oh yeah okay cool i have a quite a long list so i mean like we were gonna go through the the classic you know actor writer producer like helm which is like I mean, I don't know if she started it, but this is where my experience started was Lena Dunham with Girls. And then it goes into Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fleabag. There's Issa Rae, Insecure. There's Mae Martin, Feel Good, which is like probably my closest inspiration to what really like drove me into action. Like that was the first one that I saw where I was like, I felt the most represent represented, you know, like it was just like, it was almost like a very wildly emotional experience, like watching that show. I remember, I think it was Christmas pandemic. So whatever the first Christmas, I think it was 2020 Christmas. And I could be wrong on the year 2021, maybe, but I was at home and I was with my mother and we were like watching something and it feel good, just kind of popped up. We had no idea what it was about. 
we all she said was Lisa Kudrow's in this and she knows what a big friends fan that I am which is also like an early pop culture inspiration that I was like wildly obsessed with but just Lisa Kudrow's in this it's new I was like great and I she and I started watching it and finished it in one it's a I think it's six episodes a season two seasons long you can watch it in like three hours it's a long it's the long version of Titanic you know what I mean but it's like it's it was so 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 good and I think that was the one where I was like huh I have to I want to do that (laughs) truly I'm just copying I'm just copying things that I see and I'm like wanting to do it there's also I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole that was really so good and I don't think got the level of recognition that it deserved that was incredibly well done and Greta Gerwig is another inspiration of mine. I'm very, I really, really, really love to get into like choreography and directing and staying at the helm of my creative work is really, really important. So there's that. I mean, I'm a huge fan of modern contemporary dance. I recently just saw Pina Bausch at BAM. Well, not her. She's obviously passed, but her company did a three-hour three hour piece and it was oh what an incredible what an incredible time in the theater and I saw Bacheva to the Joyce recently and they're an incredible like gaga technique based modern dance company from Israel that is just so wild and is doing things that I that blow my own perspective of what could be possible out of the water young inspirations like titanic barney friends spice girls britney spears in sync uh, like all like christina aguilera like i was that kid like doing like learning the dance stuff in my room you know what i mean like to the music videos and things like that so like that all is inspiration to me and i've always been kind of obsessed with theater obsessed with pop culture in general but yeah, I think those are inspirations of mine from birth to now. <laughs> I love that. That's a great, great list to have. Being but, yeah. here in the city, I'm wondering if there's any great theater you've seen recently that you might be able to recommend to our listeners. Oh, I mean, I recently saw Parade and that was, I gutted, like absolutely gutted it was one of the oh it was so 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 good I re what did I recently see not recent but I am seeing it again Titanic which is a like parody Celine Dion inspired musicale about Titanic which just gives all of my favorite things in one one of my favorite drag performers Rosé is also headlining or is, is like one of the performers in it and I didn't get to see her when I saw it the first time I'm seeing it at their new space their new theater when my mom comes into town for my show so my mom and my stepdad are coming into town and they're seeing three shows in three days and I we were making fun of my stepdad who's an engineer and not like theater adjacent you know what I mean like but he's like doesn't spend hours researching theater and stuff and three nights for three the three nights of theater is a lot for anybody so we were all just kind of like oh is he gonna handle this so they're seeing harry potter on the first night they're seeing titanic on the second night they're seeing my show on the third night and i'm like you're gonna be just railing with theater magic and goodness I mean, Chicago, I saw Jinx Monsoon in Chicago. I had never seen Chicago before. And I got to see Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon also is just like the 
oh it's just magic like what she can do is absolutely beyond this world like what a performer what a talent what a alien truly like I like, like yeah i love and and i and i've been following ever since so drag, i'm also a wild rupaul's drag race fan and i started and it's kind of formative to my like young adult so i moved to the city right after like less than two weeks after i graduated my summer semester of college i was introduced to drag race not less than six months after moving to the city and i've been obsessed ever since so it kind of like is like the you know the over the overture of my start in New York City, which is just celebrated 10 years. Like I'm in my 10th year right now, which is also kind of cool that my play's going up at this time. It's all very like universal. It's really cool. But so yeah, so like drag race has been kind of just my through line of my my life. You know what I mean? So I I I I relate things to my life to like what season it was and who won that season and where all stars was at that time. Like it's crazy, but I was able to see uh, jinx monsoon in Chicago. And that was just like, I, it, the, the audience was in chaos. Like it was an absolute party. They were everyone there and they just brought such a huge new audience to that show. That's been around for so long. And I think it's so beautiful that something that's, been around for so long and you know is very specific to how it was once created is now because it's getting like it's rebirth in a such in such a way and yeah that I think that that was that was really that was probably one of the coolest coolest things that I saw most most recently for sure <laughs> but I think also to like so you're in you're, you asked this question I think this is this we're on the same question hopefully but it's like what inspires you and stuff and like for a very like all throughout my 20s was just kind of me trying to get into this industry and wildly failing and not really knowing what my discipline was really kind of finding like where my footing was after school like I hit burnout after school and so I was very exhausted and overwhelmed I didn't really want to go to auditions I really didn't like it it was it was defeating a lot of the time and I started with like dance cattle calls and that is like a whole nother beast in itself it's not really like do a tape and submit it online. You know what I mean? It's like getting up at five in the morning and you're there like all day, especially if you get, you know, called back, like you're learning and not really like taking care of yourself, not eating enough, not, not drinking enough water. It's like, it's a long day, you know? so I spent a lot of time doing that. And that took, that wiped me for like a month. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't really good at just getting back up there. And so it was a lot of, of me like trying to find that magic, that I kind of experienced through high school and and, in educational theater. If you just like get like this, like, and that didn't obviously happen overnight. Like I had to work to get those roles. But once you got like a really solid role, a really solid cast, a really just like magical play, there's a, there's a, there's an energy that's like indescribable, you know what I mean? And I really wasn't finding that because just opportunities aren't, they're not lucrative, you know, it's just hard. There's so many people who want to do it and there's so many talented people who want to do it. And then you just were trying to fit these people very closely to who they are, you know? And so I didn't understand the phrase, like, you're just not right. I didn't understand that. And then I got on the other side and started looking for people for my own play and my own roles. And I was like, oh, oh my God, everyone is good. Everyone is good. You just have to be 
right for the who that role is. You know what I mean? It, it didn't click. And so finally it clicked. And I was like, the inspiration for writing my own work is so that like, I'm definitely right for this because I wrote it and it's about me. You know what I mean? Or it's about my experience and about my life. But wanting to just create find that that natural high of like doing theater and like making really good things oh it is just worth its weight in gold like to wait for that I'm so I just hope it's like I, I hope we have something <laughs> we will we will have something fantastic to show you that's wonderful and that is a perfect segue to my next question which is what is your favorite part about working in the theater mm. you know it's cool I I actually like it's been it's been a minute since I've done a role in the theater. I would say close to about five years, especially a leading role where I'm in most of it. So it's it's a little daunting because I the last couple of jobs that I've had, really, really cool jobs that I've had working has been in TV and film. And so the it's the same, but it's also wildly different. And I'm learning two lines that I want to make like the best fucking two lines I've ever said in my whole life versus now putting weight on like 66 pages which is the length of my show so it's like it's just a little bit of a flip but also you know it's still just is it's still so exciting I mean the last the last job I had I was like I had gone on set and I got to work with this really you know prominent actor and I was like and it was so good and I like ran off I did my thing and I got like a little laugh from the the, the director and cast and, or the director and the second AD and I was like oh my god they laughed at it this is so exciting and they were like great you're wrapped like you can leave you can go back to your trailer blah blah and I was like running on the Upper East Side, I was like, I'm lost. Like, I don't even know where my trailer is. Like, what's going on? But I was so like, <gasps> I was so excited just from that one tiny moment. So it's like, that's still what I'm getting from working on this for sure. But it's just in a little bit of like a broader scale. You know what I mean? You're working on scenes for, we're working on them for like four hours a day, you know, and really getting to like, the specificity of like where people are moving and how we're using the space and how we're looking at the audience. And it's like, it's just like all very tailor-made. But I think that my favorite, my, my favorite part is the work, the work itself. Like, like it's, I also just did a set, a, I set a like modern dance piece on my alma mater at Western Michigan University, where they like hired me to come back to do their senior BFA's like graduation presentation. We got to do like a 10 minute long, like choreographic, theatrical, fun, modern jazz type of piece. And it was so great and so much fun. And I think that like the, the, the magic of working on this kind of stuff is the rehearsal process. It is the level of like, you walk in and you know, like, not every word I wrote is per is good. Not every word I wrote is perfect. And not every word I wrote says what I want it to say. But if it doesn't, I have good people. I've hired good people. I hired people that I trust to be like, this is collaborative. And you have every right to be like, this isn't sitting well. Can we talk about it? Can we get down? Can we dig and dig and dig and dig and find how we can make this read just a little bit better, you know? And, and I think that that's, my favorite part because I'm not like no one is like no one does this alone you know it's 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 all of these other people that kind of like aid in helping you you know what I mean so 
they think that's the work, the work. Yeah. The studio time, the rehearsals time, the building, the bonds, oh, the bonds you make with your cast. Like if you're so lucky to get that, which I know doesn't happen with every production, like sometimes it's just like not working or something. And that's, that happens, you know what I mean? But when you get that, like that, that cast that you're just like, oh my God, we're going to be best friends forever. And you might not be, but for this period of time, we're working together. We're having a good time. We're supporting each other. We're also like trying our best and failing, not being afraid to fail is like, it's really important when you're working on stuff like this. And so. I love all of that. What a great answer. Well, this leads me to my favorite question and i'm so excited to hear yours and it's what is your favorite theater memory oh lovely question oh gosh i might need a minute okay wait so i got to do august osage Osage county my final year uh at western and i got to play barbara which is like role of a lifetime fuck 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 it was like the coolest thing of my life one of the coolest things too was like one of my i might put him on blast here for a second but whatever it's been 10 years who cares my favorite like love love loved working with him mark learman is still directing and acting and acting teaching acting at western michigan university and he's just like we just got he just we understood each other he knew he knew how to direct me i knew how to communicate with him and he, he was he asked me to come in before the show was cast, we were in auditions, we were in final, we were in like callbacks and he was like, will you come in and read with some of the male characters or whatever? And I should have kind of taken that as like a, a sign, like a hint, you know what I mean? And he was like, just casually like watching people work. And at that time it was like so heightened for us. We we're like, oh my God, this is like the biggest deal ever. This is like the best show ever. And we were so excited. And he looks at me like so nonchalantly and he was like, so what part do you want? And I was like, you're toying with me right now. Stop this. I was like, I, I was like, I want dabs i'm on barbara for sure and he was like okay and then he just looked away and i was like okay cool so that's what's happening that felt really fun and really good but then so then i got to do that show it was it was truly an incredible experience like we said one of those one of those rehearsal processes that like just blew open the game for me and we had a lot of fun and the cast was lovely and but we did the show and we were it's the story of like a you know modern broken kind of family there's divorce elements and things like that and so I was going my family was going through later ish earlier stages of my parents divorce so my parents divorced when I was in college and you know from the things I knew about divorce at that time we're talking where we at like 2009 this happened I was just like very for lack of a better term like I hit this is such a weird like it almost makes me cringe a little bit but like the conscious uncoupling of it all that didn't exist you know what I mean like it was like kind of like no you 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 break up and you hate each other like that was kind of like what I imagined divorce to be you know and so and that's not what happened with my family at all but like I was just like kind of bracing myself for that and so I'm doing this show. It's it's very deep and it's very heavy. And and I'm playing this woman who's like going through her own divorce or whatever. And my mom and my dad were both coming to see the show for the first time. Not first time together, but you know, like they haven't really seen each other. And I was very nervous. And my she was bringing my her her not yet husband, but my new the person that she was dating, who is now my stepfather. And he was coming, and I was just like, oh my god, all these people in a room at once, and. I remember walking like this is not even about the show, but it was about the show because they were there. I walked out to the like the atrium or the lobby like after the performance and my dad and my stepdad were like shooting the shit. 
and like having a conversation and like who knows what it was about but I'm like getting teary thinking about it I think about it because like I was like oh my god like that's the power of of theater like it like it can kind of like bring people together in the craziest way you know what I mean like they don't have to be friends they don't even have to talk to each other but like they decided to like be cordial and be like hey what's up and like oh yeah blah 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 like I did this I did that I don't even like I said I don't even know the conversation I just like watched it from afar and like had like a very out-of-body experience where I was like see theater's healing you know (laughs) it was so it was like so good it was like it was a really cool moment where like art was imitating life life was imitating art like right in front of me and it was very like it was very magical so yeah I would say like that's like pretty formative in in my theatrical experiences for sure that is amazing that is so incredible yeah thank you for sharing that amazing memory if our listeners want more information about meet you downstairs or like more information about you maybe they want to reach out to you how can they do so yeah, I would just say, I would just say like social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Katie Copeland, K-A-T-Y-C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D. So if they want to reach out in that way, like, please, I'm my own agent at this point. So I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, this has been a blast. So much fun. I, I want to keep this conversation going, but I feel like I've already taken up way more time than I, <laughs> I should have of your time. But okay. I hope that we get to speak again. More about all the success that you're going to be having, the next big show you'll be doing. But talking about your show right now, Meet Meet You Downstairs has been amazing. I can't wait to see it. Everyone else to see it. And I appreciate you telling us about it today. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. My guest today has been the playwright and performer Katie Copeland, whose new show Meet You Downstairs is having its premiere at the Fresh Fruit Festival. You can catch it on April 24th at 8 p.m., April 26th at 8.30 p.m., and April 30th at 1 p.m. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting freshfruitfestival.com. And make sure you follow Katie on all the social medias. Her main handle on Instagram is at Katie Copes. We're going to have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media but you're going to want to follow her to stay up to date on all the many projects and productions she's doing, all her upcoming successful shows. You heard it here first on Stage Whisper. We got on the ground floor of this amazing performer and playwright. So make sure you give her a follow and keep up with all she's doing, especially her premiere of the new show, Meet You Downstairs. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones Unwrap your candies and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One thing the praises of Cape. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by 
Jazzar, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.